We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast coming to Monday afternoon. It's October. It's October 2nd. And we are in it. Uh, Timberwolves training camp, preseason, whatever you want to call it, it has begun. Uh, the Wolves had a few practices over the weekend before, I believe, Sunday afternoon. They left for Abu Dhabi. Timberwolves beat writer Chris Hine from the Star Tribune. You were at those practices over the weekend. Nice little wave. Yeah. 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 Now it's here, baby. Yeah. But you you skipped the trip to Abu Dhabi just to come on this pod, right? Yeah. Basically, it it was come on the pod or go to Abu Dhabi. I chose to come on the pod. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Um, It's probably been a couple months since we've done one. Uh, I mean, I've seen you, but I know we've hung out, but we haven't, you know, we haven't formally hung out on the internet for for people to see. Um, That's what counts. (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. You know, we're, we're gearing up good summer of vacation travel and you know the we're feeling rejuvenated and ready to go this will be my sixth season covering, yeah, covering man, congrats i'm i'm pumped to yeah just be hanging out with you guys all again at the, mm-hmm. the facility and everything's been pretty normal thus far i was talking with kyle about that after uh after media day of like oh, okay that was nice like it was a media day where it was like almost kind of boring nothing really happened <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so half it, it's so this is number six. So half of the media days I've covered had some sort of right. dramatic thing overhanging it. And this <laughs> was one of the few that uh, didn't. It was like a normal uh, by the numbers kind of media day. Which is a good and normal place to start for a team that has good and normal expectations to be a good and normal team right. um, this season. So I, I'm excited for like what that actually means for our coverage, you know, like uh, uh, in Sunday's paper, you were just, you know, kind of getting right into it, the basketball of it, right. In yeah, your article yeah. on, on cat and ant, it was no like big picture, this and that, or is everything going to be okay? It's like, no, yeah. like let's, let's get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and I mean, there's something that's nitty gritty about the cat and ant thing, but it's also, it's also a big deal, right? Like they need as what was the thesis of your article is like, they need to get cat and ant in their tandem uh, back to what it was the year before Rudy got here in conjunction uh, with, with Rudy in the mix, you use some fancy numbers and such for that to, <laughs> to highlight you, that it wasn't. You never use fancy no, numbers no, in no, your no. analysis. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, your famously anti-fancy number. Yes, that's yeah. true. That's that's very true. Um, what do you think? It, it, so it's this cat ant thing, right? It's a it's kind of like two folds to it, right? It's the two of them having a really high level of success when it's just the two of them on the floor, no go bear, right? That right. is the expectation. There's no real reason to believe that won't be the case. So if we kind of assume that's going to be good. What is it going to take to take that good and kind of have Rudy in the mix there as well with Cat as the four? How how do how do Cat and Ant maintain that chemistry in a in a lineup construction when Cat's the four? If you listen to Chris Finch tell it, it's all spacing, spacing, spacing. Like mm -hmm. that is the that is the buzzword that he will use to tell you that that has to improve, and that seems to be what they are most focused on in training camp is figuring out what that spacing looks like. Ant said, you know, at the end of the year last year that he felt like something kind of unlocked in his head. Um, you know, that was a, a quote of, of his that stuck out to me from that Denver series. And, and the, the proof was in how he played in that series where he finally kind of figured out how he can operate, what the lane looks like uh, with Gobert on the floor uh, along with Cat. So spacing is, is the big buzzword, something to watch out for maybe in the exhibitions is, is how they kind of manipulate that. Um, you know, I hearken back to, to one thing that, that Finch also said last year around this time, and it was kind of a, a fear of ours, something we kind of talked about is like, does Cat just become like a spot up shooter? You know, corner, is, Kat, yeah. is Kat just standing in the corner shooting corner threes in this offense? And, and, Finch always was very adamant that, no, that's not going to be mm -hmm. what Cat does in this offense now that Rudy's here. He's going to be involved. He's going to still be Cat in some way, shape, or form, even with Rudy Gobert in the paint. Um, you know, I, I, I still think, and I think you agree, is that Carl needs to take more threes or should be taking more threes um, when they're all on the floor together because that'll help with the spacing. Um what it, what it looks like otherwise, you know, in terms of Carl operating inside the three-point arc, I don't know. But mm -hmm. that is certainly one way that you alleviate some of the spacing issues is by telling Carl, like, you know, just be ready to shoot threes. It feels like the place to start, right? Right. Of, right. Like, there are multiple multiple puzzle pieces uh, to making this work. That one, to me, um, makes sense. Let's get that volume back up a little bit, particularly when Rudy's on the floor. Finch has said it. And Ant basically did when you when you asked him about that at he thought it kind of started with Cat shooting threes as well. Let's uh, play that clip. You said after the season that kind of late in the year and especially in that playoff series against Denver that you kind of figured out how to play with Carl and Rudy and kind of what that meant for you in terms of being able to drive and things like that. What what kind of unlocked in your head do you think and and how did you maybe try to maximize that over this summer? Man, Cat just shoot the piss out the ball and. Um, <laughs> Um, it's just, it's incredible to see. It's in, it's like, it's incredible to play with somebody like him and, um, coming off screens and he's popping every time is, is, is great and really rolling. So I think it's going to be dynamic this year, even with Mike Conley, not even me, cause I'm more of the guy who's looking for his own shot, but like Mike Conley, he's, it's going to be great for him for sure. Finch was kind of talking about how you and trying to get you and Carl back to some of that chemistry that you guys had maybe two seasons ago. Yeah. Um, what does that look like when you guys are really working well together? 
Oh, we're going to see it this year, man. Um, like I said, um, Cat, he's super healthy. He's feeling good. I'm feeling good. So, yeah, I think it, it should be it should be fun. Uh, as long as we stay healthy, I think it should be super fun to see how, uh, you know, we start to jail together and try to get back to where we was probably two years ago for sure. So, Chris, when I think about this, like, what are the the three most dynamic things to say offensively that Cat does, right? Uh-huh. He's a floor spacer, the three-point shooter, elite three-point shooter for a big. He's got that really high-level pump-and-go game, drive into the basket, and he's got the post-up game that he can really eat, particularly, you know, if it's single single coverage there. I think for for him, and, and again, we say this all the time, like the most adjustment, the more specific things, nuances are on Carl because I think he needs to be, he more than anyone needs to be adjusting dependent on personnel, right? And when it's Rudy out there with him, he does need to be intentional, about that volume going up. I, I was looking it up this morning that two years ago that Ant's talking about, or you're talking about, we're all talking about how, man, the cat-ant chemistry was really good. Well, that was a low three-point volume season uh-huh. for cat. So can he bump that up? Can he bump that up in the minutes that Rudy's on the floor, right? I think he needs to do that. And then it's got to be the pump-and-go game when he's guarded by fives, right? And Rudy's off the floor. Carl's in there. Um, with Ant, that that's the opportunity there. And then I think for me, like maybe the post game is when he's out there with neither of them, really, you yeah. know, um, it's maybe cat and three, four bench guys out there as the, as the rotation shakes out. But I do think the one right that we're most concerned about is how he fits or how, how you just get more productivity out of the lineups that include Ant, cat and Rudy. And it's, it's not the relegating cat to the corner thing. Like Finch says he doesn't want to do, but it's like a cousin of that, you know, where it does need to be some intention of like, maybe this isn't when I'm looking to get my drive to the basket. Maybe this isn't when I'm looking to get my post-ups because Rudy is there and he is habitating the area in, in which uh, I need to use. I, I know that's like way overly simplified, but I think that does signal what cat needs to be um, sort of in tune to and the coaching staff and point guards or whatever lead ball handlers need to be kind of running actions that help him with that, particularly at the beginning of the season. I, I think you're right. I, I think the, some of the, the post up stuff naturally goes away, obviously when Ruby's on the floor and he's kind of occupying the same space. But we also saw last year too, I'm thinking early in the season before cat got hurt, we saw it. We did see Cat operate down there a decent amount. At least this is this is just anecdotally. I no, I would agree with that. Yeah, that. but and, and that was when Cat was like really trying to involve Rudy. It was like Cat would Cat would be down there. He would face a double of some sort um, because mm-hmm. I think most defenses would rather get yeah. the ball out of Carl's hands and into Rudy's hands um, in that situation. Um, so Carl was very intentionally we saw trying to involve Rudy in the offense in the, in those situations last year. So another, another facet of this to me is, does that continue? Does, does Carl, you know, really his, his intentionality with which he's trying to get Rudy touches and, and right. buckets, does that continue? And does Ant continue with that? And mm-hmm. um, we were there yesterday and Rudy, Rudy talked yesterday and uh, a little bit of the conversation was about how, you know, he's working on the lob game with Ant. 
Hmm. Um, and he shared a little tidbit. Um, I don't have the audio of it, but he shared a tidbit of some of the conversations that they've had, which was that Rudy has told Ant that he always thought the hardest person for him to defend as a big man was James Harden hmm. because he didn't know when James Harden was going to shoot it, when he was going to maybe give a lob pass. Um, he, 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 the timing was never right. Rudy never felt uh, when he when James Harden was coming at him. And we're but picturing it, like Harden Capella lobs, like yeah, Houston yeah, exactly. Sort of deal, yeah, right? yeah, like the, that's like what I'm picturing. The Houston days, yeah. yeah. He just never, was there. He never quite, never quite knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. And the the point that Rudy, I think, was trying to drive home to Ant was the better you get at lobs, the act actually the easier it is for you to score mm -hmm. because teams are going to have to respect that. Right. If you don't develop the lob game. People are just gonna, you know, guard you, and you know they're gonna. Make which is where it's at right now. Pass, which is where it's, it's at right now, right? And he's already good and productive, right? Like, right, but it, right. It, it is a suggestion to raise the ceiling, right? Or if we do mm -hmm. the, as is going to be like stated ad nauseum this year, is like Ant making the leap. What does that look like? Like these are the things. It's, it's not. It, it's getting better at the things that you're already good at, and and one of the that would be driving right ants really strong at driving can he get fouled a little bit more can he find rudy on the lob a little bit more in those places yep. like i it's really the more i think about it i do think that that ceiling at least offensively has a lot of space uh above where where ant was certainly you know uh last season maybe some of that's just natural progression with the with the you know getting older playing for the national team this summer but that's interesting. I was not at practice yesterday, but uh, see what you missed when you're not there. Yeah, you know, I don't think my fantasy football team could have pulled off the victory without if you, my... if you weren't there coaching them up uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. through the one o'clock games. Yeah. yeah, I really I gave Kyron Williams a, a big talk. Before. <laughs> uh, um, actually, let's uh, let's let's grab our, uh, our our first break here. I want to tell everyone a little bit more about. Uh, Falling Knife and the uh, live event that we're going to be uh, doing there. Falling Knife is hosting Wolves Fest. Uh, they're calling it on October 14th, starting at 4 p.m. Uh, I wanted to hit on some more details of the event. I've been kind of telling you guys all about that. But in addition to Britt and I doing a live pod at 5 p.m. and in addition to watching the Wolves' first stateside preseason game against the Knicks uh, at 6.30, there's also going to be food from Rectangle Pizza, there's going to be Wolves merch for sale, um, obviously beers and seltzers and alcoholic slushies um, from Falling Knife. And we'll be giving a lot of those things away, too. We'll have, uh, yeah, we'll be giving away uh, pizza from, from them, the merch. We're going to have some tickets to give away, uh, plenty of free drinks and that sort of thing. So, again, just keep October 14th on your radar. That's uh, Saturday, October 14th. Come at 4 o'clock. Uh, hopefully, we'll have good weather. We can hang out outside. Uh, there'll be sound outside when the show's going on as well. Uh, live show at 5. And then we will watch the game at 6.30. All right, Chris. Um, let's keep moving along here. The other two topics we wanted to hit on in this episode where you also wrote about the maturity of the group. Um, but the the one thing I, I, I said I wanted to talk about was Mike Conley. I think is yep. it would kind of do this thing where... Or I do. I, I know you do as well. Where we just kind of like check out, right? For like five, six weeks in the summer. You know, we, we have that. <laughs> we have that window. That's correct. But it's not. It's not a full checkout, you know. But it's it's 
it allows you to forget some of the stupid stats and quotes and stuff like that that are in your mind. And then we kind of get this back to this time of the season and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And I think the one thing that has just really been rejogged in my memory is just how effective Mike Conley was last season and what that meant, not what that meant for last season, but what it could mean for this team this year over the course of 82 games. Now there's the age factor with him getting a little bit older. They're going to probably play a little bit different style uh, of play this season. And I'm fascinated to see, and I think it's pretty critical how Mike, to what degree Mike is able to fold into this season's uh, version of this team. Quite frankly, if he is as good as he was last season in the 24 games he played for the Wolves Mm -hmm. over the course of 82, I mean, you're talking about like a near all-star level of of what (laughs) he was doing, doing, which is not the expectation at all with this team. Right. I, I think that's important to remember, like in the context of Mike can be really, really, really effective, but also maybe that was a high watermark. Maybe that was a smaller sample size. Much like with Cat, they need to find these ways in which uh, to to give Mike, you know, the leeway and opportunity to become the dynamic player he was after a few, you know, he's kind of started a little bit slow, but after he came in from D'Lo, he really kind of absorbed that D'Lo role as a scorer and more. When When you just think about Mike Conley this season, I think we kind of of the five starters probably brush over him the most, right? You got the big three, you got Jaden is up and coming. He's got the contract. That's like Mike Conley. Yeah. You know, he's the veteran point guard. He's going to almost take him for granted. Right. Like, I I think that's, I think that's what I'm catching myself doing is having taken him for granted because he was just so um, effective last season. How do you, when you just think about Mike in this puzzle, where, where is your head um, going this season? Kind of, you know, the, the cliche, the, a little bit of the Swiss army knife, you know, does a little bit of everything well, right. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll defend, um, you know, he's a, he's a better defender than D'Lo, uh, was, um, and and just looking at his numbers, like just taking the numbers from when he was in Utah to Minnesota. I mean, just to throw some of them out, 10.7 points a game, uh, with Utah 14 with the wolves. 41% 41% from the floor overall to 46% with the Wolves, 36% from three-point range to 42%. Assists went down, but the Wolves were asking him to score more, 7.7 right. 7 assists to five. Um, but just efficient, um, did what they needed him to do, kind of helped unlock Rudy on the offensive end. I mean, how many times did we see, right. you know, kind of late in the season, um, you know, when they got that side pick and roll going uh, yep. between him and Rudy, which was the most effective Rudy's ever looked on this team on offense, um, or was it those moments? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I, I think, and, and we talked with Mike about this, he felt a little rejuvenated that the Wolves were asking him to do these things again, to be it, to be looking for a shot, to be actively trying to score, because him actively trying to score is going to free things up for the rest of the offense. It's going to alleviate some of the pressure, uh, especially on Ant. Teams just can't load up right. on on trying to defend Ant if Mike Conley's out there shooting forty percent from three point range. So, I, I think it was a it was a seamless fit after he realized what they needed out of him. 
And yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't anticipate, you know, and you never know what, what guys were in their mid thirties, right? Uh, you know, as somebody who's also in their mid thirties, I wake up waiting for the drop off <laughs> of my quality of life every day. Right. Um, but I mean, I don't anticipate a, a significant drop off. At least I wouldn't. I mean, his numbers have been steady the last few years and mm -hmm. Can he shoot 38 to 40% from three-point range? I absolutely think he can. Can he score 13, 14 a game? Yeah. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't see why he can't continue what he was doing last year. Yeah, let's, uh, let's play what, what Mike said at, at practice on Saturday. I thought this was, you know, indicative of him acknowledging how productive he was, which I don't think we got a lot of um, last season. Mm -hmm. Here's my comment. Talk a lot when kind of the beginning of when you got here last season, like how much you were doing to stabilize the group and what you were bringing to the group. But just kind of looking back at your numbers since you were here, you were really productive in your 25 games or so here. What did this group do for you individually to get cleaner looks and if you were turnovers, whatever that might be? Um, you know, honestly, I just they gave me confidence in a lot of ways. You know, honestly, I, not that I needed it, but just like that extra little bit to say, Mike, we need you to to be this. We need you to be aggressive. We need you to shoot that. We need you to look to, you know, break the pain and make plays. And For like specific, them being like specifically, we need this. Yes, yeah. Just gave, gave me, just gave me more, like, just more on my plate, I guess. You know, you get, and I'm used to having that kind of um, workload, but um, you get times where you get caught in sitting corners and you just kind of space out and you kind of just, you know, end up not being able to put an imprint on games. Um, like I hear, they expected me to like guard, guard the ball, like guard this person, chase this guy. Like, no, you got him. Like, like that kind of stuff is like, all right, like I'm. They like they need me to like to win. I have to do this. So it, it just gave me a little bit more, uh, you know, extra motivation to go out there and, and just be myself and kind of get back to what uh, you know what I'm good at. Did you think you would get an opportunity in your career, like when you were in Utah? Did you think you'd get another chance to be that type of player again? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't think so. I honestly thought it, it was kind of trending towards, you know, just corner, corner spot up shots, and um, you know, just being a spacer and, and guarding guys around the court. But um, like I said, to have that kind of revamp me a little bit, like going into the summer workouts, I'm like, man, I'm I'm working towards like that. Like I'm not working towards just working on only spot ups. Like I'm off the dribble, like getting in the paint, floaters, making plays. And, um, I glid through the paint today and they're like the first layer. You know, I look like Jordan out there today. But, um. So, Chris, I I kind of underrated, you know, that that mentality shift of going from being when you think you're just kind of moving into your career, being just the corner spot up sort of guy. Right. Let like knowing your usage is going to go down and down and. You know that that just kind of naturally does happen to players as they as they get older, right? They're asked to have a different role, and I think normally you would believe, all right, oh, it's an older player; he's getting asked to do more, and his efficiency should drop. But what Mike did last year is an example of that, like being life giving, right? Like, I mean, some of these stats, man, are nuts from from last year. I mean, it was twenty four games; he was amongst point guards third in points per shot in in that time, only. Steph Curry and Damian Lillard were better. Third in turnover rate amongst point guards. Only Brunson and Monte Morris were better. He got to the line a ton um, relative to his previous, like uh -huh. his history of getting to the line. And he made 86% of those free throws. Shot, like you said, shot more and shot better um, from three, 42% on those threes. 
52% from the corner, 40 from above the break. And then just, it's not, wasn't just the scoring too. It was the, it was the passing possessions and the assists. I looked up just in his tracking data that his possessions with the Wolves that led to a shot turnover or assist. That was 1.561 points per possession, which was third in the entire NBA last year behind Kevon Looney's number one, not asked to do a whole lot of things there. Tyrese Halliburton, two, Mike Conley, three, Nikola Jokic, four, DeMontis Sabonis uh, also led the league in shots out of pick and roll in terms of efficiency. I mean, that's what I'm getting at is it was, again, it was only 24 games, but the efficiency of those 24 games in his production was was really next level. And to know that that was a product of getting more exposure rather than like a whittling down to get more efficient, that makes that even more uh, encouraging to me. And I think the other thing that's that's encouraging about it was he did that. I felt like there was no drop off in his play, whether Cat was there or Cat wasn't there. Yeah, I feel I feel like he was kind of the same player, regardless of whether Cat was in the lineup. Because obviously, even Ant, remember Ant missed yeah. like four Ant games. Missed a couple there. games with the ankle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he he, no matter who he was playing with, it, there wasn't there wasn't really a drop off in play, and he and he did what was what was required. Um, and I think too, what, what's going to be important for him on the on the defensive end of the floor. We've heard the Wolves want to be more switch heavy this year defensively and having somebody that might be able to switch with sure. Ant, you know, like that's going to enable them to be able to execute that. I think at a, at a better level than say, if they had Delo still here sure. on that end of the floor. So I think he's vitally important to what they want to do defensively this year as well, um, because he's so solid on, on that end as well. I think it's going to be interesting to see this year that the thing that I'll be kind of monitoring is, Obviously, you, you have Cat and Ant and, and their usage numbers. It's like, who's going to be kind of like yeah. the third usage guy? Is it going to be Mike? Is it going to be Jaden? Mm-hmm. Kind of who who takes – does do either of those numbers tick up and one goes down? Like, that, that'll, that'll be something I think will be interesting among the starting five, at least, is who's kind of like that third guy. Who do you think was third in usage last year? I actually uh... – Kyle maybe Anderson. Like, no, not Kyle Anderson. Um, maybe uh, maybe Jalen Noel. Like I, I wonder. Yeah, if the, I mean, I mean that's like a different a minute stat. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm here. I'm pulling it up here. I mean, I would. I mean, if Delo, if Delo, Luca Garza was too. It was. It was. Uh, it was Jalen Noel. Um, yeah. Like and and then you know Mike and everyone else is a little bit further down there because they were right. playing. Uh, with with the starters as much, so I, I don't know when when you started saying that, I was like, I wonder if it'll be like Shake Milton or you know, you know somebody off the bench who's who's asked. Yeah, I, I'm, I just I'm yeah. among the starters. Like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I knew you said that, yeah, but then yeah, I just yeah, started yeah, like yeah. thinking about that, like, <laughs> huh? If I had to like bet right now who it's yeah. going to be, but of the yeah of the starters, I think Mike was above. I would say Jaden. He was above. He, probably your candidate off the bench to have it. Yeah, that trait. that that's probably a good right. one. But yep, uh, Mike was sixteen point eight usage, and Jaden was fifteen point eight last year. Yeah, does that is Jaden able to go up anymore? They're kind of staying at all. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, but but it's kind of for both of them, right? Yeah. It's like living in that slightly below average, like right. Average usage is twenty percent, right? You spend one hundred percent five ways. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both going to be below that twenty percent bar, but it, I think for both Mike and Jaden, it's really important to 
not let them get down to like 11, 12, you know, something like that, where Jaden kind of was earlier in his career. And I yeah. think with Mike, if you don't continue to enable some of that aggression, right? Like, and he's at 11, 12% of the usage, then I'm not sure you get the efficiency from either of them or just the locked in this kind of what he was just saying there, right? If I'm just in the corner, I'm going to be spa like sp literally spaced out, figuratively yes. spaced out yes, yeah. um, in, in his mind. So that is, that is definitely same with Jaden too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for, I mean, yeah. I feel like I really noticed that with Jaden and that's somewhat understandable as a, you know, as a younger player who's kind of asked to be in that corner role, the, the, the most often, but for both of them, you need to be somewhat intentional about at least keeping them, I think at those levels, uh, last thing on on Mike, I think you and I were talking about this a little bit after practice. There's also in talking to Finch, we talked to Nori, and there's there's more of this uh, structure narrative this year, right? Like there's going to be more structure on this team, and I wonder in the context of this Mike conversation, what impact that will have on him. He had all this success, pro productivity wise, in a you know the quote unquote free flowing offense. Um, I yeah. would think of Mike as like a traditional point guard, you know, so structure kind of makes sense for him too. But it was interesting. And other part of that media availability with him, he was like, I really like the free flowing and we need to not let go of all of that. We need to kind of have structure to get us to the free flow. But that might be a, it might be that the free flowing is what got a little bit more Conley and McDaniel's usage there, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Because with structure, the plays are going to be a little bit more scripted Design. towards the main guys, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that's kind of a, a balance to watch too. If for some reason, first 20 games of the season, you know, Mike isn't producing well, one thing I'm going to think of is, you know, what is the impact of this additional structure uh, had on him? Is is that a, a factor in this? Or if it works, and we're 20 games in the season, Mike's numbers are here, but the but the offense does feel more structured. Does that mean they've been finding the free flow a little bit more naturally? So definitely something to, I think, be monitoring there as well. I, I think so. I, I think the kind of the way that they're trying to go about the the whole structure versus free flow makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, in the sense that it's just to really jumpstart everything, like mm -hmm. just get something going. Um, particularly the starting unit, right? Particularly with the starting unit, and especially late in games too. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we see them just really not do much late in close games a uh, lot a lot specifically that that lakers playing game mm -hmm. um, which was a eyesore to watch uh right so i it makes sense because you know i, th I think I, I wonder how like just the average fans view kind of like oh yeah you should have more play calls versus being mm -hmm. more free flowing see i tend to be more on the free flowing side of things because that makes you more unpredictable and I think harder to defend. Whereas like with play calls, you know, I, I, people might not realize like, you know, other teams scout your play calls and they know, <laughs> they know what's coming. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you call a play, it's a fine, it's a fine line. Right. It, mm. it, and, but I, I feel like sometimes people want to get on Finch, like call more plays. He needs to call more plays. Why is he calling more plays? Well, that's why he doesn't call more plays is because yeah. it'll make you more predictable to stop. Um, so I, I I am curious to see what the, what this balance is, what the line kind of looks like, um, mm -hmm. and if it really is just like kind of quick actions in the first couple seconds of a half court possession to just get them get them moving essentially. Right. It, it's just not 
too far one way or the other, right? It's like mm -hmm. we can make like the the pounding Finch needs to make more play calls. And uh, to be honest, mm -hmm. I'm more on the like team structure side of mm -hmm. this. But like for the people who are like banging on the table, oh, there does need to be more structure. Well, some of their best offensive games came with the most flow. Yeah, Jace asked Mike in that interview as well. But that Knicks game, how many plays did you guys call in that game, which was their most, I think their highest scoring, most efficient game of the year? Mike said three. We called three plays in, yeah. in that game. Like sometimes the freedom leads to efficiency. Also, I think we have plenty of games last year too where the free flow led into late shot clock stuff. And it's, oh, wait, how do we now, are we here with Rudy like posting up at seven, yeah. eight feet? You know, like the structure is to like, chessboard out the guys right on the spread them on the floor then to, to be able to to play out of that it's not going to be like utah i mean utah looked the exact same like four in the perimeter rudy coming up for the screen like not every time but so often i it's not going to look like that i asked mike anori about that the other day and he's like no it, that is like too far on that side of the spectrum that is yeah. not they're not going to get all the way over there but sometimes can it will it have that more specific structure? I think so, at least um, at least more than more than last season. And it's it's what I will be looking for in these in Abu Dhabi, these these first two games against the Mavs. Like what you know, what does how much to our eyes can we be like this was way more structured than it was last season or or is it how much do they turn up that that dial? I think that's yeah. all kind of to be determined and maybe they need to figure out over the 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 course of the course of time a little bit i, I and i think so it's in kind of like a free flow off it's going to be that it's going to be a mm -hmm. feel it's going to be a feel thing like how do you how do we best operate you know especially with the different personnel how does it figure in when the bench starts mixing in and who's who's running the show at point guard in those instances yeah you know um when mike's not on the floor so there's there's a lot there's a lot of little kind of little thin, little subplots to to that whole argument or that whole debate mm -hmm. um, that I think will be interesting to follow early in the season. Just what it looks like with different lineups and depending on who's the point guard uh, as well. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate. And that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, Check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone, so no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Dane Moore for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again. Create an account and use the code Dane Moore, all one word, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Let's move over to uh, the maturity topic, which is what you wrote on, you're asking about at Media Day and, and wrote on uh, coming out of that for, I think that would have been Friday, uh, for Friday's paper. That's clearly something you premeditated planned to to want to be asking about probably knew you were going to write it so there's some this was an idea that was kind of generated by you more so than it was by the players obviously we know some of the reasons um but but for you your first article of the season why did you feel that that was such an important thing uh to hit on and and define here because i thought i thought that was the biggest reason why they weren't uh Top four, top four, five seed last year, and were in the play and fighting for their lives at the end of the season. Um, Good answer. Like, like that, <laughs> that, that to me was the number one thing. Right. Um, you, you could say all you want about you know Cat's injury and everything, but they had more than enough chances to make up for it and, and win games uh, without him against some of those teams, mm-hmm. and they punted it. Um, right. You know and. Whether it be maturity in games, whether it be just the, the preparation aspect of it, just the whole, the whole thing that maturity kind of encompasses, sure. I think is is a big thing. And the thing, the thing that I I always kind of struck me last year was like, this is not really like a young like it has young players, but it's not really like a young team overall, right? Right. Like you have some very established veterans on this team who, you know should know better or like, you know, I think we think back to the, to the Kyle Rudy alteration sure. late in the season. It's like, you guys are veterans, like figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is what's going on here. And then of course, Jaden punching the wall, um, you know, so it's just oh, like, it's just like maturity cost this team so much last year, yeah. so much. If they were just a little bit more mature, the season looks a lot different. The postseason maybe looks different as well. Mm-hmm. You're not playing Denver in the first round. You're playing maybe a more favorable matchup. Maybe you get home court in the first round. Right. I the, 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 the margin was so thin between like eight and four. Sure. Like it was just a couple of games. Well, you put it in so, your story, six yeah. and 12 against the bottom seven teams in the league. Yep. 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 You went in 33% of 18 games against mm-hmm. the, the bottom seven teams in the league. Personally, Mm-hmm. that and technicals 
yeah. and then, which is kind of related to general in game stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. Um, that that's what I focus on because I don't think like, and I think this is pretty well vetted at this point that like the Rudy and Kyle thing is that's not a toxic not relationship. Of their relationship right, no. Right, right, and, right. and like, and Jaden punching the wall isn't indicative of him being some like irreversible hothead. I, I don't right. think that's who he is. Yeah. He runs hot sometimes and he's also getting older and more mature. And that's, that's on his radar. Like, I don't think it's going to be those blips. It's like, like you just kind of said there, it's, it's the broader representation of what, you know, maturity is and, and less so like in the it's like immature is pejorative being mature is a compliment like they need to be mature right and and i think had they been mature last season that's maybe four or more wins or whatever it is and that's the different you know it's different placing and the standings and all those things like you said and you're not getting beat up by the by the bottom of the league let's uh Let's play uh, Kyle Anderson's answer to to that because I thought I thought that was interesting because I think he's talking about the broader sense here yeah, of, he of being a more mature team. You know, one of the things that we've heard Tim Finch and on down the roster is more mature team this season. Mm-hmm. And from your first year here to this year, what are some of the things that you think this team needs to shore up to to become a more mature team? And do you sense that that, that maybe it's a little different this year? coming in than maybe last yeah, year. Yeah, I think just looking in the mirror, first and foremost, just, you know, kind of just got a, the fact that I got into it with one of my teammates last year, it's just, that just didn't sit well with me this summer. And, you know, getting five technicals last year was just, looking back at it, that's just not who I am. So maybe I could look at it as a rough year, but just looking forward to this year, being a better teammate, uh, not costing my team points with technicals, things like that. That stuff shouldn't happen. And uh, I think as a team, I think we should do a better job of preparing for games and doing and giving ourselves a chance to win, knowing scouting report, knowing guys' tendencies, knowing personnel on the other team. Um, I think you got to, in order to be good in this league, you have to give yourself a chance to win by preparing. And uh, I think maybe we could do a better job as a team of that. But so, Chris, I, I think the that that the prep part—that's what I'm talking about. It's like the the yeah. night to night sort of things. And I think about this team specifically as we kind of picture how they're going to play. Like there, there are going to be intense scouting reports out against them, specifically of how they want to guard Ant. Right? Like you're going to need to understand if they're being really aggressive doubling Ant, how to play off of that, um, to whatever degree they're loading up on Rudy or guarding Cat. Like you're going to need to kind of know it's going to be a major advantage. If you're like, we're playing Charlotte and we know we think they're going to be guarding us like that. So you don't have to take, so Ant doesn't have to take the first six, seven minutes of the game to kind of like feel it out. right? Be ready, you know, uh, to go there. And then obviously defensively too, this, the wolves themselves are going to need to be really in tune to what their scouting report is of how they're going to be using cat in that game, cat and Rudy together, Rudy differently. Like you mentioned before, I think we're going to see a little bit more diversity in Uh defensive coverage this season. Uh, Finch has hinted at Rudy playing up a little bit more. I think they actually get a double test of that against Dallas. Uh Um, I think think you'll see that more Rudy not by the basket, but really aggressively out uh, on Luka against Dallas. Can they get comfortable with that? Can they get comfortable in the drop? Can they get comfortable in switching? 
that is so much about prep and the teams that do that. I, I think about like playoff teams, teams are in the conference finals or whatever, that they just know who and what they are. And they are the mature teams that are ready to execute from the tip. And I think, yes, this team has some young players who aren't going to be on that right away. They got plenty of players on this roster who I think are guys who should be able to nail that and know that. That's Rudy every night. That's Kyle every night. That's Mike every night. And it should be Cat too. Again, I think Cat has the longest scroll of, of what that is going to be. But can those four in particular, the vets, instill that, that the tip every, every single game and get the Nas's, the Jadens, the Ants to kind of come along with it? That's what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about this team being more mature and more effective because mature. And, and that's what, what I mean when I say, like, it was surprising to see some of this stuff come from the more veteran guys last yeah. year because you would think that they would be trying to set this tone. And I think with how things played out last year, and you heard it in Kyle's Kyle's answer there, I think he, he feels the same way where it's like, oh, we really have to stop that nonsense. Mm -hmm. And... It, it it really is, you know, more than just seeing a teammate take a swing at another in a, in a huddle. It, totally. it, it it is okay. It's a it's a Tuesday night in early January, and here come the Pistons into <laughs> into Target Center, right? And we saw last year what happened in that situation. We you know losing twice to Charlotte, losing twice to Washington, losing to Houston that one time, um, Portland, Spurs, uh, yeah, yeah. Portland, that, that Portland game late in the year, that was, that uh, was one of the worst losses of the season. Um, yeah. you know, everything almost unraveled right then and there. Well, um, that's the thing too, man. It's like those losses hurt so much right. more when you're a contender, right? Like mm -hmm. if like instead of having, that happen, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like they, if they would, whatever that, that, Let's say the Detroit game. I think that was mm -hmm. New Year's Eve. Like, if you lose that Detroit game, or if you lose that game on New Year's Eve and it's to, you know, like Memphis, you know, all right, like yeah. New Year's Eve, let's go out, let's let's brush that off. I that is not what their like turning up into the new year was uh last season. That was rough and it was hard, and it was the signal of a pattern, like being ready and you know, capable. To not lose as many, you're going to lose it to a couple bad teams a year. So this isn't like right. we don't need to. I don't know. We don't need to freak That's out. It's, it's that, if that six, if that six and twelve number was twelve and six, nobody's sure. talking about this, right? Yeah, nine and nine. Right, right, exactly. Like that. That mm -hmm. you know, that's three more yeah. wins, man. Right. That's, I think that's literally puts them as the four seed. Yeah, close to it, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it you know it won't be as cut and dry as that, but the kind of. I don't know ethos behind that. I, I think could be could be really powerful, and it's as we're going through so many of these things. It's like a lot of it is on the players, but so much of it is on Finch and his coaching staff. Right to how are we going to connect these dots effectively and as as uh, as quick as possible? I'll just kind of leave you on that. Like where with the coaching staff, how would you describe the task at hand that they have, and what is your belief on? It's not going to be awesome day one, but that's kind of a question I'm asking myself a lot is how far into the season is it going to be until we kind of feel comfortable about like right, this team kind of knows who they are. And am I, am I wrong to say that? I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching staff kind of putting those pieces in place. I, th I think it is. It's trying to figure out what buttons do you hit now in 
you know, October and November. Yeah. Cause, because sometimes the buttons you have to hit to win games in October and November, we saw this last year with the defense, are not the buttons you want to be hitting long term for the team's success. You know, and I, I, we talked about this the other day. We were sitting here in November of last year being like, they're trying all these different defensive coverages and it's not working. And we know, but the eye, the eye was like to have to be ready for April, right? To, with that, but it was kind of hurting them. Yeah, I like this in the in the interim or in the in the immediate, immediate future. Yeah. yeah, like the short term future was it was maybe costing them mm-hmm. some of the some games, but the old, the long term goal was that by the time April rolls around, they'll be a much mm-hmm. more capable team of varying their defensive coverages or whatever. So I, I think, think they have that on their radar, right? Like yeah. you can have that on your radar of like we come April need to have. X, Y, Z here. We we need to have those things. Mm -hmm. We, so that needs to be the goal or the goal, but like we can also do other things in October and November that aren't like divergent from that path, Mm -hmm. but are more focused on one or two things. Um, Simpling it down. Right. Like I I think. So so that's, that's where I think there's the whole structure versus free fight. That's the new, almost like a new debate this year is like, how much structure do you need? Right. Does it come at the cost of developing the free flow offense and perfecting it? Right. Because you need the structure to get you through the games in November. And does that cost you in the long term or in the long run? November's got to be good. That way. I see. I kind of see it shaping up that way. Though, yeah, like, yeah. Like, especially mm-hmm. early on in the season. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, that's to me, biggest thing the coaching staff is going to have to contend with mm-hmm. is how much do we need to win games now versus getting this team ready right. for, for the potential playoff run. No, I, I'm again, yeah, like you, as I've turned my brain back onto this over the past week mm-hmm. or so, th- that is sticking out to me as well, and I think we we know it is for the staff. These are the things that even Finch is admittedly like, we are figuring out right now. We don't know um, exactly. It's why I think it's why Finch had a really stern demeanor at, at media day and hit home, like how important training camp is, which is kind of in Abu Dhabi. Like they need to hammer some of this stuff home literally in these seven days while you're in another country. Um, that is, is, is going to be critical. And I think for us kind of fun to track as we start watching some of these games and getting hints at, at what it's going to look like, talking to coaches, talking to the players. Um, as you all listeners know, nobody's more on top of that day to day than Chris is. As as always, you can follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hine, um, but make sure you are getting uh, all of his stories uh, over at the, the Star Tribune, whether that's delivery or just at startribune.com. Uh, Plenty of things for us to be writing about and uh, to be to be talking about here. Chris, we'll do a couple more episodes before yeah. the season actually uh, gets here. So I don't need any like predictions or anything like that. <laughs> right. But, but we're figuring can it I just, out. Can I just make a quick appeal yeah. to people? Um, you yeah. know, we always say, you know, subscribe to the Star Tribune and, and all this. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to appeal to people that like, it means a lot if you subscribe to the, to the Star Tribune. And it means a lot to my coverage. Um, you subscribing um, is kind of a... An, almost an indirect but, but a direct way of like making sure that like i'm still able to like go to games 
go to the road games, ask questions of people, get those quotes and sound bites from road locker rooms mm -hmm. that you maybe otherwise would not have. Can, um, can I chime in on that too? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Because yeah. literally, I mean, mm -hmm. I maybe go to like 15 games mm -hmm. a year at all, 40 or 41 or mm -hmm. whatever. And it is so critical for me and my coverage because I straight up can't afford or, or don't have to, I can't go to all of those Right. Um, those games and like literally if Chris is not there, there will not be coverage of those 41 games unless, you know, it happens to be one of the few games that, that me or John do go. So, you know, obviously like the, the, the Star Tribune is a, is a big company and a successful company, but it need it does need we that need for support. us to, to get that support that I need. And I think if you're, I mean, let's be real. If you listen to this podcast, you're probably the type of person who's day to day, you Who know, checking this kind of stuff. Yeah, things. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and Chris is critical um, for that too. So I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you said yeah. that, Chris. So and that and that also, by the way, also applies to other sports in the market: sure. Wild, Vikings, Twins. Mm -hmm. Like your subscriptions help make sure that we're still there on the road when yep. people otherwise might not be. So. Absolutely, so man. It's a, it's a weird. Subscribe. There's a reason. No, yeah. no, that's that's great. We're we're in a a weird time in in trying to effectively uh, monetize journalism. That's why we're doing this on freaking YouTube right now um, to to be able to to make it all work. Uh, we are all going to make it work, but it works when people listen. Um, it works for me when people um, patronize the uh, the the sponsors here, and it and it and it makes it work. Uh, for Chris to, to subscribe to his writing, which you get all of it. He writes so much. He writes so much. There's so much on there. You click on little Chris Hine. There's, there's, there's a ton. There's some every day during the season. Sometimes mm -hmm. multiple things a day. Yes. You know, there's no, there's no shortage of content. Once Absolutely, the gets rolling. So, so if you're feeling lean, that that's your place, and uh, that's the price. So uh, again, he's uh, he's Christopher Hine. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hine, um, and check out his work at the Star Tribune, uh, Chris. We'll, we'll get back together next Monday, hopefully after another 49ers win. Who do, who do they got next week? We got the Cowboys. Oh! It's going to be a good one. Sunday night football next week. Oh, wow, yeah. That'll be first, yep. thing, first thing in the morning right after that. Now That's part right. of me wants the Cowboys to win. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, I, so I'm miserable yeah. coming out here or what? <laughs> uh, no. um, all right. Uh, he's uh, he's Chris. I'm Dane. Again, follow him on there. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at DaneMoreMBA and uh, all your subscribing on the YouTube channel or over on TikTok and Instagram at DaneMoreMBA underscore podcast. Uh, follow our content there as well. Uh, until tomorrow with Britt. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.